Hey, I'm Jonathan Alexander, one of the Panthers beat writers here at the Charlotte Observer. And I'm Elena Getzenberg, the other Panthers beat writer at the Observer. And this is Panthers Tracks. Today, we'll talk about Christian McCaffrey's recent injury and the Panthers' loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'll also talk about my story on Sam Franklin, the undrafted rookie who is starting at safety in replacement with Justin Burrs, who injured his ribs a couple weeks ago. Let's start the show. So, Elena, the Panthers gave the Chiefs a good game Sunday. They lost 33-31 to and had the ball with 126 left on the final drive. What did you make of that performance? I thought it was good overall. It was definitely better than I expected, if we're being honest. Like, I, I didn't think it would be that close at the end. I thought they'd stay with them in the first half. And then we've seen second half just offensive implosions by the Panthers all season long. So I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the offense played really well. I was very impressed. Um, I thought it was Teddy, one of Teddy Bridgewater's better games. Statistically, it really didn't end up being, but just watching him on the field, I thought he was in control of the offense. Um, Christian McCaffrey was a welcome addition. And honestly, the defense even, like, held up. So I thought overall they played better than expected. And though they didn't win, I thought there were a lot of honestly surprising positives to take from the game. Defense held up in the first half, not so much in the in the second half. That third quarter, yeah, that third quarter kind of changed on things. You know, I I thought, you know, the Panthers had to have a near perfect game, you know, to win that. She's so good, um, especially offensively, and they were super aggressive um, there in the first half, especially. Um, they went for it on fourth down three times throughout the game. Had two onside kicks, um, one that caught the Chiefs off guard, but you know it didn't travel ten yards. Um, you know, I, I think they they did all they could, uh, you know, to give the Chiefs their best shot and nearly kind of came away with it if, uh, you know, the offense didn't really struggle there in the third half. I mean, in the second, in the third quarter and allow the Chiefs to really get ahead. And Pat Mahomes got into a rhythm and, you know, Pat and Travis Kelsey was killing. And then you had Tyreek Hill and, and they just couldn't stop him. But, you know, it was a good performance. It, it's definitely good to see Christian McCaffrey in there. Um, you know, he just he he adds that extra dimension to the Panthers' offense. It's already already kind of dangerous with Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel when he's healthy, and then Mike Davis. Um, but you know, you have to play all four quarters, and you know, ultimately they didn't do that, and that's why they, they end up losing. Yeah, I think what honestly is starting to become a concerning trend to me. I get that like winning games takes time, and like it's something you have to like kind of. Matt Rule talked a ton Monday about like getting learning how to win um, and how he felt that was a thing. But I mean, they've had the ball with like, you know, in these final moments of games with chances to win and just for the last four games have not been able to get it done. And I know there's other things during the game you can play to and that sort of thing, but they just can't get that two minute offense. Like that just has not worked all year. And I think at some point, you know, again, there's a lot of moments in the game you could point to as things that ultimately the 12 penalties, those were huge. That's yeah, many penalties, too many penalties. It was, you know, it's tied for the fourth most and the Panthers have ever had in a game. So you can't have that, but it's also like, why can't the two-minute offense ever work? Why can't DJ Moore be involved in a football game? So but I think that shows you, like, how good of a performance it really was that we're, like, 
walking away from it still with all these questions, but they still only lost by two and had a chance to win. So, you know, there's always going to be negatives, but the overall was a surprisingly positive performance, I think. Yeah, Shaq Thompson said it, but I feel like he says it every week, you know, so <laughs> inflicted wounds. Like, I don't understand how you have – I mean, some of the penalties were just – I think they had an offside penalty. Mm -hmm. um, they had defensive holding, offensive holding, false starts. You know, those things can't happen. And then the – I think the penalty Matt Rule uh, pointed out was the hands to the face by uh, uh, Chris Reed, and, yeah. and that was on the final drive. And, you know, that set them back. And I didn't understand some of the play calls, like, early on. They threw a couple of passes to Mike Davis right there um, in the middle of the field. And, you know, the, it, let the it let the time run off the clock. You know, that certainly didn't help them. You know, um, they probably should have tried to find more out routes. Um, you know, that ultimately doomed them. And then they set up for the 67-yard kick that I thought had no chance. Just given the fact that the wind was blowing, um, mm -hmm. Given the fact that the longest field goal in NFL history is what 64 yards or 63, 64 yards, like yeah. I, I don't know what I keep trying that. Um, I know Joey Sly has a huge leg, but you have to factor in his accuracy as well. One bad thing that happened that came out of that game, though, uh, was Christian McCaffrey suffered an injury. He suffered it on that last drive. I think it was the first play of that last drive. They went straight to Christian McCaffrey. He got tackled. Um, and, and was driven down on that shoulder and came out of the game immediately. So I knew it was serious right away. He ran all the way across the field and took himself out. Um, and that's just something you don't see Christian McCaffrey do. Like, I was watching him most of the game, and when they switched him out for Mike Davis, like, someone had to tell him to come out. Like, he, Christian McCaffrey's never going to be the kind of guy to, like, take himself out of a game unless he's, you know, injured like he was in that situation. So to me, that was a big red flag. You know, did they make a mistake in, in giving Christian McCaffrey the richest contract in NFL history? You know, I know Christian is a young player, but running backs have a short shelf life. I know Christian takes great care of his body, but in, just like you said, injuries are inevitable. I am skeptical of giving running backs big contracts, but I think with Christian's youth, I'm a little on the, okay, I understand it. At the same time, you know, that's a hard decision to make. I, I don't know. If I was a Panthers, I wouldn't have followed them for whatever decision they made. I know you feel totally different about, you know, giving running backs big contracts. Yeah, I'm not in the camp of paying your running backs very much. I don't think it's proven historically to be the right decision. I mean, listen, Christian McCaffrey does a lot more than a traditional running back does. Everyone can acknowledge that. He's not just running up the middle. That's not really what Christian does. I do not think we're in a place where it's like, oh my gosh, the contract was a mistake. He's still Christian McCaffrey. We saw how much better the offense looked with him than Mike Davis. Like that's just truth. Like it's Mike Davis is a very good running back, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, but I do think, I mean, I think it's too early. They look back now and be like, that was a big contract. We know we're, he's not even getting paid on that contract yet. He's still on the last year of his rookie deal. So I just think it's something to keep in mind. I thought that they've used Mike Davis um, a little bit more out of the backfield. Um, he had five catches, but most of those, I think two or three of those came on that final drive, and he only had one rush. Mm -hmm. So I do think they have to be mindful of that, utilize what they have in Mike Davis because he is a good back. I mean, still use Christian. I mean, this was Christian Kevin's first game back from high ankle sprain, and they used him like it was nothing. If Christian had been back, like, you know, 
for a week the week prior, I just wonder how much they'd be using them. They I think they have to be mindful of the overuse. Moving on to our next segment. Jonathan, you wrote a story on rookie safety Sam Franklin. What got you interested in his story? So I'm um, I'm always um, interested in learning about players um, and their stories, especially people who uh, you know fans need to be familiar with. You know, Sam Franklin was going to start for Justin Burris um, for a period for at least three weeks, possibly longer. Um, so I just wanted to know a little bit more about him, and I thought it'd be a simple kind of daily story. And then he told me his story. I asked him about his journey, and it turned out to be, you know, way more than what I was expecting. Looking at football, and he just randomly said, I'm going to do that right there. And I was like, you going to do what right there? I'm going to be on that TV. And Sam was very active. So when he said he was going to be on that TV, I was like, boy, you better get on my TV. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, what? And he was like, football. I was like, Oh, that's the only way you better be on that TV because you better not climb up on my TV. <laughs> he grew up with dyslexia, where you see words backwards, um, the way your brain processes things. So his godmom and his godfather took him in. They helped him. And so he didn't really have the grades. And when he graduated, he didn't qualify for Temple. He had to go to uh, East Coast Prep, which is a prep school. Coach Walker, um, one of the guys that we recruited him from, um, UMass actually flew down to tell me and Sam that he wasn't eligible to play D1 yet. He said, but there's a plan B. So I him, and I, I still contact him, and we always converse and see how he just is doing and stuff. But, um, yes, he told us about the prep school out there, and he had made some phone calls to make that arrangement for Sam to go. Because mm-hmm. the prep school was like 25 grand. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. That the guy did a favor for the amount that we paid, which was a blessing from heaven, I tell you. Like I said, the community is awesome where we're from. And the community came together. People were actually donating, my, some of my classmates. Everybody wanted to see, you know, at least try. You know, at yeah. least try to help a kid get out. And, and it worked out. At Temple, um, I was told that I wasn't, I wasn't eligible, so I had to go to a prep school. And the prep school, I had paid, like, almost $10,000, but we didn't have that. So, I mean, I worked two jobs. Uh, so we, uh, I, I did little stuff. I went out of state to work with um, one of my friends who who's a pretty wealthy fan, has a pretty real family. So I went out of state to do that. I did I did about everything imaginable just so I could save up the money, just so I could get to prep school. And that right there just took a lot of faith because I didn't know if if they, if they were going to bring in somebody else from the prep school who already had the money. And Sam talks about the story of of being. At, in his room crying and his mom telling him that, you know, that God didn't bring you this far to give up on you. And, you know, he'd, he'd reach his dream because his dream was always to play football. It is a really cool story. And I think it's awesome to hear what he's been through. You know, Matt Rule has known him for a long time. What did he have to say about him? Yeah, he said he didn't really keep up after he left and went to Bailey, didn't really keep up with uh, Sam. Playing this year, he thought Sam on tape that stood out at times and you know he didn't we didn't really get a chance to ask him about Sam Franklin this past game but Sam had a sack on Patrick Mahomes it was a huge sack and I think the play before that he had had a a stop so he made two huge plays in a row we're moving on to our third segment 
and that is what's trending. Overreaction, underreaction. Overreaction, underreaction. The Panthers should sit Christian McCaffrey for the rest of the season. I mean, if he's if the shoulders like needs time to heal and it would be best for it to heal, then yes. Just because he's had a couple dings, like he shouldn't sit. But if it's in the best interest of his health because of an injury, then he should sit. But not to prevent an injury. I don't think that's how football works. Next topic. Okay, overreaction, underreaction. I, I saw a couple of. I saw a few of this. I even had somebody text me this. Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer for the Panthers long term. Specifically, I saw uh, the Teddy Bridgewater dupe the Panthers for sixty-three million dollars. Overreaction to underreaction. That is such an overreaction to me, and I'm not even sure where the reaction's coming from. If I'm like, I thought he played well Sunday. Like, I don't know what you saw out there that like, or Panthers fans saw that they made them like feel a type of way. But I mean, he's looked. I don't know if he's the long term answer, but nothing I saw Sunday was like a red flag to be like, oh my god, he shouldn't be out there. I thought he played well. Underreaction. Dante Jackson should sit a few games to let his toe rest. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, he played a ton of snaps Sunday. I think that's a bit of an overreaction, but it's not, like, insane, I'd say. I mean, it's a turf toe injury, so it's not like him being out there is going to make it. Like, he's not aggravating it for the long term. It's just something that takes time to heal. It's a nagging kind of thing. But I thought he played – fine Sunday like he wasn't like uh, there were a couple of plays I was like Ooh. oh man he missed a lot of tackles <laughs> you know Trey Boston missed a lot of tackles but that's yeah. about I think the big question here is and then what like have yeah. Troy Pride's the next option and I don't think that's an upgrade I think he's still learning and developing yeah I, I, I think you have to Right, Dante Jackson, because he will get the occasional interception. Troy Byer really hasn't played that well. And then what Then what happened? Dante has three interceptions. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, he, he can he can do that. And then you have to factor in, all right, if you sit Dante Jackson, then you have Troy Pryor and Russell Douglas. What happens if one of them gets hurt? Then you have to rely on Corn Elder to play number two. And then Stanley Thomas Oliver to possibly play number three. They don't want that. I will say here too, I think cornerback is a major position. Like I would expect. And I think that's a great position for them to draft early. Like I think that is obviously Troy Pride, they did draft early and like that was later. Um, and he's still developing, but I think they could use another or maybe it's free agency. I, I don't know. But I think it's a position I could see them addressing in the offseason for sure. So that's our show. If you like this podcast and want to see more projects like this, please subscribe to the Charlotte Observer Sportscast. We get unlimited digital access to our sports section with our current deal for 99 cents for each of the first three months of your subscription. That includes coverage of the Panthers, the Hornets, NASCAR, UNC Charlotte, high school sports, UNC Chapel Hill, Duke, NC State, and more. You can find the Sports Pass at charlotteobserver.com slash sportspass.